Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Whoever's listening to this and whoever had to clean up poop water on October 5th, 1987 in Monroe Hall... Sorry about that. Gonzo, the Coast Guard years, boot camp, episode one. I broke the toilet. So my Coast Guard journey began on the morning of October 5th, 1987. I graduated in June of 87 from Fauquier High School, which is located in Warrington, Virginia. For those of you from Warrington, you know it's pronounced Warrington, even though it's spelled Warrington. Anyway, like anybody cares about that. From the time I graduated in June, I basically just kind of hung out with my friends, um, the ones that didn't take off to college yet, and um, had some fun while I was doing it. Went to the uh, beach in Ocean City, Maryland, first time I'd been there. Kind of screwed around for a little while. I think it worked a little bit. Um, Worked as a Mason's apprentice during that time frame. Trust me, doing masonry work sucked. I basically just laid brick, which was horrible. Definitely was not cut out for that kind of work. I had a girlfriend during the summer, and um, we were boyfriend-girlfriend as best we could after October 5th. And that pretty much ended in December of 87 as well. But that is a completely different story, one which I will not be sharing any time today. So that morning... My parents drove me to what is now Reagan National Airport. I don't have a a whole lot of recollection of what happened while I was at the airport. I do know that there was a um another Coast Guard recruit that was going to be flying with me to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. From Philadelphia, we were supposed to be taking a bus. And from that bus, we were going to be riding about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours to Cape May, New Jersey. And I'll be honest with you, my knowledge of the Coast Guard was pretty much the same as most of you all. None. Unless, of course, you happen to have been in the Coast Guard or know somebody in the Coast Guard and you're listening to this. I don't remember much while I was waiting at the airport. I mentioned my parents had taken me there. There was uh, my, my brothers and sisters were there. Well, my younger brother and sister, my older brother was off in the Navy already. I think he might have been in... um. Great Lakes, Illinois, which um, which is um, near Chicago, I think. Anyway, this story is not about them. The other Coast Guard recruit with me, I, he was sort of a 
skinny, lanky, sort of mousy-looking guy. He had uh, glasses, which didn't make him look mousy, but it didn't actually help because he looked mousy sort of naturally. Again, I didn't have a whole lot of background or knowledge about the Coast Guard. I only knew that at this particular point in time, this was my only option, or the only option that was given to me. So the time came for us to board, and it's at this point that I started realizing that my life was about to change completely. It wasn't so much that I was thinking about, this is the time I'm taking off and I'm going to grow up, you know, this is my time to shine, my time to grow into a man and to do all kinds of other sort of things one would expect when an 18-year-old boy leaves and joins the military. And yes, for those of you who are asking or wondering, the Coast Guard is part of the military. In 1987, though, the Coast Guard was part of the Department of Transportation. Today, it is part of the Department of Homeland Security. Why we were in the Department of Transportation? Who knows? I don't think anybody else wanted the Coast Guard at the time, but whatever. But the thing that was really going through my head was I was about to get on an airplane for the very first time. In my previous 18 years, I never had an occasion to be on an airplane. I had been in the airport a lot, usually getting drugged there to drop somebody off or pick somebody up, never because I actually wanted to be there. But this was my time, very first time, and all I could think was, Oh my fucking God, Tim, please do not throw up. And here's the weird thing. I actually never said the word fuck at all. I mean, I never, ever said it. Um, I may have said a bunch of other stuff, you know, the, the other standard four-letter words, but I actually never said fuck. It wasn't until I actually got into the Coast Guard and realized that it's pretty much going to be the newest, latest, and greatest, and most used word in my vocabulary from that point until now. I also picked up a couple other sort of habits while I was in the Coast Guard, but I'll get to those when the time comes. So I'm freaking out that I'm going to throw up, thinking I might be airsick. I had no idea. My mom had this really great way of reminding you that, um... You might get air sick and you might throw up and tell me where the air sick bag was and make sure I looked for it just in case I got air sick and I threw up and all that kind of stuff. But don't worry, you're not going to get sick, but know where the air sick bag is so you don't get sick and throw up. So anyway, I said my goodbyes to my parents, my brothers and sister. I think there were some onlookers, people watching, sort of knowing what was going on. Maybe not. Maybe it's just my imagination. I don't remember if the plane I was on um, was connected to the, um, the gate and there was a jetway or if I just walked out into the tarmac. I felt like I walked out into the tarmac because the plane we were on was like the small little two-prop airplane. I mean, my inaugural flight on a plane wasn't even a real, like, big jet. It was a two-prop airplane. Now, granted, we were only flying to Philadelphia, and because I hadn't traveled a whole lot, I mean, if I did travel, my parents always drove. So my recollection of or understanding of distance and stuff was pretty much zero. I didn't realize that the flight to Philadelphia was so short. But anyway, me and Mousy Boy get on the airplane, and I'm looking around, no clue what was going on. I do remember my first sort of impression was... This is a really small airplane. Uh, sat down, buckled in, still freaking out, not knowing what's going on. Holy shit, thinking I really don't want to do this. Holy shit, please, Tim, do not throw up. Blah, 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 blah. Plane takes off. You know, the 
cabin pressurizes, my ears start popping. First time I recall that happening ever. Still thinking the entire time. Holding on to the, um, you know, those little armrests there on the plane. White knuckling it. Butthole all puckered up. The entire time thinking and breathing. Tim, please do not throw up. Please do not throw up. Please do not throw up. I think I tried to sleep. I, I know there's probably a zillion other things going through my head at the time. As it turns out, everybody, I am actually not prone to getting airsick. We landed in Philadelphia, no fuss, no muss. I don't remember how exactly we got to, like, the Coast Guard lounge waiting area, but we did. Me and Mousy Boy. We get to our spot, we're told to wait, and that at some point during the evening, more people will show up, the bus will arrive, and then we'll hop on the bus, and we'll be on our merry way to... Coast Guard Training Center, Cape May, New Jersey. Fast forward a few hours. I have no recollection what was going on. I know I sort of sat around. More people showed up. Somebody dressed in sort of, well, a bus driver's outfit. Walked out into the middle of like the lounge area and told us it was time to go. So we all just sort of looked at each other, got up out of our seats, and I think I got all freaked out again. Wondering what the hell I was doing. I think everybody else sort of had the same look in their faces. <laughs> Maybe it was just me. But I remember sort of climbing onto the bus, putting my gear underneath before we actually got on the bus. And just like in high school, you know how all the cool kids always sat in the back? Well, in this particular case, all the people that thought they were cool went straight to the back. And these are the, you know, the... Older people, people like in their early 20s, it looked like. I thought I was mostly cool, so I went like three quarters of the way back. I remember looking at some of them and listening or trying to listen to some of their stories without actually acting like I was listening, but you know how that is. Some of the folks were actually still wearing their high school letterman jacket. Like, this made them cool. I hated jocks in high school. I mean, I knew a few of them, but we weren't friends or anything. But yeah, jocks in general just were not... You know, we didn't, nah. Mm -mm. So I remember hearing them talk and they were, one guy in particular, I remember, the Letterman Jacket guy, was talking about how members of his family had previously been in the military. I don't think anyone there actually had, or correction, nobody there that was talking had known anybody that was previously in the Coast Guard. Navy, Air Force, Marines, yeah, but not the Coast Guard. Mousy Boys, it turns out later on, I found out, actually did have a member of his family in the Coast Guard. It was his dad. His dad was a uh, Coast Guard commander. And somebody else that was on that bus, maybe not on that bus, but arrived in a later bus, also was a, um, uh, a member of the Coast Guard family or one of their relatives was, but I'll be talking about that later. But anyway, so these guys are sitting there talking and acting like they're, you know, king shit. The Coast Guard boot camp was going to be a breeze, just acting like they knew everything that they needed to know. And I guess at that age, we're all guilty of it. We think we know everything. I, on the other hand, was pretty sure I knew nothing. But I was going to act like I knew everything, or at least give the impression I did, but I was pretty fucking clueless. The bus trip is a generally was... Uneventful. Like I said, just a bunch of people, men and women, mostly men, 
all trying to sound tough, trying to act cool. And that, like, again, like boot camp wasn't a big deal. I really just think now, thinking back, there's a bunch of nervous people trying to hide behind this air of cool because they really just were about to embark on a nice little trip um, that will ultimately probably change their lives forever. It did mine. So an hour and 45 minutes or so later, our bus arrives, and it's just getting about dark, I remember. As a matter of fact, it was dark. It was dark by the time we got there. The bus pulls up alongside of this building, and a dude apparently was in the Coast Guard, older gentleman, walks on the bus. He seemed very nice. He spoke very kindly. He welcomed us to the Coast Guard, welcomed us to the Coast Guard Training Center, Cape May, New Jersey, told us that we needed to get off the bus and, as we were doing, to grab our gear, which was, again, piled underneath the bus, and go stand over on these yellow squares out in front of, I believe, the building we had pulled alongside. This guy had turned out to be a Coast Guard bosun's mate chief, or chief bosun's mate. I'm not sure if I actually saw him again after this. I have maybe vague recollections of seeing him, but not sure. So people started filing out of the bus, and the moment that it felt like your feet hit the ground, people were yelling at you, grab your shit and get over on the squares. And they're just sitting there yelling. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And you know when you're getting yelled at, whether it's, you know, 
uh, by your parents or somebody, your immediate reaction is to start moving really fast. As a general rule, unless you're one, like one of those super bratty, snot-nosed, tough kids who just kind of walks no matter how bad someone yells at you. But I do remember running. I grabbed my duffel bag, went running over to the yellow squares, because you run when you really don't know what you're supposed to be doing, because it just seems like that's the thing to do. I'm running over there. I get into a spot, a yellow square, and this guy is screaming at everybody, yelling, get your eyes in the boat. More like, get your eyes in the boat! I had no idea what he was talking about. I did happen to notice that there were two sort of like giant canoe looking things off to my left. So I, I just, I did exactly that. I turned to the left. And I turned to the left because that's what I was told to do. And you, because that's what you do when you're in the military, right? You do what you're told. So I turned left and I'm looking at these boats and the guy comes right up to me, starts screaming again, get your eyes on the boat. So I immediately am like looking around and I'm like, fuck. It appears that everyone else was facing forward, looking at the building. I'm not so particularly sure how all of a sudden this building became a boat. I had no idea. I was like, what the fuck? All right, whatever. Now this dude yelling at me was this kind of tall, skinny guy. He had a mustache. He had on, basically he had on a, uh, a Coast Guard baseball cap. Now, as a general rule, the, I think every military calls their hat a cover. This was like a baseball cap. The bill of this hat was pulled down so far, you could barely see his eyes. I mean, I'm, I was surprised he could actually see. Any screaming eyes in the boat and you better get your shit together because when you're you pick up your company commander on Thursday, you know, you're in deep shit. He's going to crank you. It's going to be miserable. He's saying all kinds of things, and I really had no idea what on earth he was talking about. I thought this guy was our company commander. He wasn't. What I end up finding out is that the first couple of days in the Coast Guard, you're in what's called farming company. Now, I'm not even sure that this is um what they call it today, but from October 5th, 1987, at least till... May of 1992, it was called Forming Company, at least the first couple of days. The name of our company was Victor 126. It seems like you can forget everything else you've ever learned in the Coast Guard, but you never seem to forget the name of your boot camp company, Victor 126. We even came up with a song, and by we, I mean everybody else, not me, because I... I I'm about as creative as a rock. So after a whole bunch of yelling, I'm in thinking we know how to stand at attention and eyes in the boat and all that kind of nonsense. He takes us into this building. It might've been the first floor we were on. Might've been the second floor. Fuck if I remember. I think it was second floor. Now that I, now that I give it some more thought. Second floor. First floor was for women. So that was my first like half an hour actually in Cape May. I don't remember if we actually ate the evening meal. Pretty sure we didn't. I remember between 9.30 and 10 o'clock, they told us it was lights out. We're sitting in these barracks. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just kind of milling around, sort of walking around, staying next to this spot 
that was going to be my uh, uh, bunk that I was going to sleep on. Now, the room we were in were called barracks or squad bay. I'm sorry. The building is a barrack or barracks. The room we were in was called a squad bay. It was this big room with that would hold close to 100 people, I think. And we had bunk beds. They were stacked three high, which wasn't so bad. I don't remember if I had the top bunk or the middle bunk. I know I didn't have the bottom, the bottom bunk. I'm not a bottom. Okay, that was a really bad joke. Hopefully nobody got offended. So one of the more difficult things to get um difficult things to get accustomed to was the bathrooms. Now the military, the Coast Guard in this particular case, calls it a head. Apparently it's called a head because on a ship, the front of the ship, also known as a bow, on older ships had like the figure of a woman on the front. And they always had, you know, they would call it the head. You you went to the front of the boat to go to the bathroom, which to the life of me makes no sense at all because the shit would all blow back at you. But anyway, I'm sure there was some reasoning. I, I, I just don't know what that is. So these these bathrooms, the head, they had, you know, four or five, six sinks, maybe three or four urinals and four or five, you know, stalls to go poop in. Now, the crazy thing about these stalls is that they didn't have a fucking door. No door. Why is there no door on these stalls? My immediate impression was that maybe they did it so people wouldn't do something crazy like do drugs or jerk off or try to commit suicide in the stall. I don't know. What I did know was that I had to take a poop and I wasn't going to be able to go poop while people were watching. Now, I grew up in a house with six people. My parents, older brother, me, younger brother and sister. At no particular time at all did I ever, ever think it was okay to have someone in the bathroom or have the door open while I was going poop. I really didn't want anybody watching. It's my private time. So, it was lights out, and I was pretty sure most people were sleeping. I had to poop. So I got up, snuck into the head. Like, I had to actually sneak to the bathroom, but I felt like I had to because I didn't want anybody getting up and following me. So I get there, and, you know, I just go in there, and I start to do my business. And um, looking up every once in a while, thinking somebody was going to show up, because I'm, like, all freaked out. I was actually thinking I was doing something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And really, I wasn't supposed to be taking a poop with the door gone. Nobody does that. That's just, that's just, no, no, no. So anyway, I take care of business and, you know, do, do, you know, do the whole cleaning up yourself thing. And if anyone who's been in a public bathroom, like the standard rule in a public bathroom is you don't actually touch the, the flush valve in the stall because you just don't know whose grubby hands have touched it before. I mean, you know that their hands are grubby because they were on their hiney. So anyway, you use your foot. So I remember I reached up with my, I uh, presume my right foot, could have been my left, who knows, 
And whether it was a broken flush valve or I kicked really hard or I just didn't know my own strength or some combination of the three, I gave the thing a good little tap and watching to see everything goes down appropriately and all of a sudden I realized that the toilet started to overflow. It didn't go down. So at this point, you're probably wondering, what did I do? I think I did pretty much what anyone else in my position would do. I turned around and acted like nothing happened. Like nothing was wrong. Like there wasn't going to be a whole lot of really gross stuff about to hit the floor. I mean, it, it was my poop. It, it's, and I can tell you, it's gross. So I left the head. I don't even know if I washed my hands because I was really in a hurry to get the hell out of there. But I absolutely, absolutely snuck out of the, out of the bathroom, out of the head. Snuck back into my rack like nothing happened. Sometime during the evening, I know more recruits were coming in. And uh, I don't know if it was then, but somebody walked into the head and noticed that the floor was getting flooded with poop water. Now, the, one of the things about large bathrooms like that, there's usually a drain in the middle of the floor, which I don't think is actually meant to catch poop water, but I, I, I imagine it's sort of a side effect that it'll, it'll catch, you know, overflowing toilets. Uh, but I think it's more for like cleaning the floors and stuff. Anyway, some poor guy had to go talk to somebody. I don't know who they wouldn't talk to, to figure out how to stop the toilet from overflowing. They guess it, I guess they just turned off the water. They cleaned up. Somebody else cleaned up the mess, which, hey, sorry, guys. Sorry. Whoever's listening to this and whoever had to clean up poop water on October 5th, 1987 in, in Monroe Hall. Sorry about that. That was me. So after like the, the poopy water cleanup crew had left, this guy who I think ended up becoming our recruit commander, our RC, um, I, I don't, I was pretty sure it's him. I'm not, I'm not sure because it was some guy basically yelling uh, with the lights out. Something like, hey man, whoever did that, you need to fess up. We don't all want to get in trouble because of one person. Now, I don't know about that dude. And at the time, I really hadn't put two and two together that that's how shit goes down in the military, or at least in boot camp. But I wasn't going to fess up to anything. As a matter of fact, fuck you. I wasn't going to say shit. Have you guys give me a bunch of crap? Pun intended. Because I pooped and the toilet overflowed? No, I wasn't going to say anything at all like that. No. So, the, the, but I, the conversations are going on and other people are saying something. Yeah, come on, man, you need to say something. No, I wasn't going to say shit. Because I really didn't want to get my ass kicked the first day of boot camp. That, can you just imagine that? Anyway, that's just day one. Or night one. The rest of boot camp was equally as eventful. 
some of it quite painful, in fact. But we'll get to that later. You've been listening to Gonzo, The Coast Guard Ears, written and produced by Tim Gonzalez, and I'm Nicholas Gonzalez. Join us next week for another episode of Gonzo, The Coast Guard Ears. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.